Dear friends, hello. Laura Patnam is with us. She is doing something to make employees happy, to make them move, to make them not sit on the chair. In one of her TEDx talks, she said, remove the chairs, everybody stand up and walk, and you will be happy. CEO of Motion Infusion working with companies who are more than thousand people, thousands and thousands. Dear Laura, happy to see you. Happy to see happy you. Happy to see you. Thank you, Olga. <laughs> My first question to you, why you decided to make this uh, company and why you think for employees it's necessary to move at the workplace? Well, you know, when we move, not only does it help us to get healthier, but it's one of the best things that we can do to get happier and to even get smarter, become more innovative, be better decision makers. So what inspired me to start Motion Infusion was really seeing in my work as a high school teacher, as well as working in the fitness field, just how much we need to move, whether we're kids or adults, all of us aren't moving enough. And because we're not moving enough, we're really suffering physically as well as mentally and emotionally. Being a high school teacher, what did you notice about the kids? Because I think for kids, it's the biggest torture to sit 45 minutes. In Russia, we have 45 minutes. You know, maybe in English, American system, it's a little bit different. Uh, how we can change that? this system that uh, you need to sit in one place and work in your mind? Yeah, you know, the first thing that we're teaching our kids, whether it's here in America or in Russia or in Saudi Arabia or Kazakhstan, anywhere, is to sit and be still. And the problem is that as human beings, we're just not designed to sit and be still all day. And so it's really hard for us to, for any of us to be able to learn and to be focused if we're not interspersing movement throughout the day. So we can look to countries like Finland and in Finland, they have as a regular practice that the students are sitting and studying hard for 45 minutes and then they play for 15 minutes. And this happens every hour. So every hour that it, they get a 15 minute break to, to move around and play. And that's what we need to be doing in our workplaces and in our schools around the world. So you think it's possible even for adults when they're at the workplace in the office, because people in the office are very serious. Some of them are very boring. How you think, Laura, we can implement this movement uh, system in the workplace? Well, I think the first is just to recognize how much we need to be moving, uh, both as children, but also as adults. And we will do better work if we are moving more. So one of the key places that we can really start to bring more movement into the workplace is uh, team by team. So at your next team meeting, can you kick it off with a little bit of movement? And that little bit of movement is going to actually help your team to be more focused, more creative, more innovative. Could you do your next meeting as a walking meeting? Uh, could you do your next meeting where you start with a little bit of a stretch? Those kinds of infused motion can actually make a big difference.
So you recommend for the companies and for the owners of the companies, instead of sitting in the office, maybe to take one day trip to the mountains. Is it something like that that you recommend or, or how you think to implement? I work uh, seven years in the Japanese uh, newspaper and of course it's very strict. You cannot move at all. In the beginning, I was working in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. You know, when you work in the ministry, the last thing you will think that somebody will move. And I, I imagine that a lot of companies they're quite strict they're not in the mountains what you recommend if the people are working in the big building how they can start moving well what you're bringing up is a real problem because we can tell people they need to move as until we're blue in the in the face but if we're not creating workplaces where people are allowed to move then it's really hard to be able to make any difference and so the real key is how can you provide more opportunities for people to be able to move throughout the day? So while it's great to take a day off and go to the mountains for the day, it's even better if people have opportunities to be able to move throughout the day, even if it's for just a few minutes, like at the beginning of every hour, I'm going to stand up for two minutes and then I'll sit down again. That's a lot better than spending eight, eight hours a day straight sitting without getting up from our desk even one time. I think, Laura, you're very right. And since uh, how many years are you doing this business? I started it in 2008. So it's been a long time. Uh, but, you know, I, I have seen what you're talking about, this, this cultural blockades against people moving. So everybody knows they should move more. But most of us are working in workplaces that just doesn't culturally allow for people to move. What is your biggest challenge for your business right now? I would say the biggest challenge is really the sustainability piece. So I come in and I'll deliver a keynote or I'll deliver a workshop for all of the managers and leaders and people get really excited and inspired and they say, yeah, this makes sense. But then it's really hard, uh, kind of the daily grind of life gets in the way and it's really hard to keep those um, things going over time. So people know they should move throughout the day they maybe will do it for the first week after they hear about it and then they return back to their old habits. So how do you get people to change over time? Uh, what's happened with that companies? There was one company, Schneidler USA, with whom you start working and others. What changed in that companies? What you noticed? Maybe well, really they're earning more money or maybe less people being fired or maybe there were less conflicts at the workplace or maybe nothing changed. I don't know. Well, at Schindler, I was actually brought in by the organizational development team to come in and work with them to deliver a two-day training for their high potential managers. And in that training, it was a leadership development training, and the name of the program was called Leadership Odyssey. We really emphasized well-being. We talked about what does well-being have to do with becoming a high-performing company? And what does it have to do with building a winning team? And then what's the role that you as a manager play in making sure that your team members are well? So that was the real takeaway for them was all of those managers, A, understanding the business case for, for wellness, and then B, understanding the critical role that they played in ensuring that wellness actually happens in the workplace. So out of that workshop, these managers, many of them really took it upon themselves to start bringing wellness to their teams on a regular basis. 
Uh, what do you think? What is the biggest? Uh, I just know one thing I want to share with you. A few days ago, there was uh, a guy who wrote with his father a book which is called Blue Zones. They were studying the blue zones and the places where people living the most, different parts of the world from uh, Santorini to uh, one place is in California, so different places. And uh, the first rule for the people who live long, even the places are scattered all around the world, is uh, movement. But not movement like one hour in the gym and eight hours you are sitting, but movement throughout the day. Uh, tell me, please, what was the best creative decision for the company with whom you worked or maybe from where you read? Uh, give some practical tips, please, for the owners of the company, what they can do. Yeah, well, let me just refer to the research that you're speaking about. This is the Blue Zones research by Dan Butner, in which they identified these, these areas around the world, places like Loma Linda in California or Ikaria in Greece, or um, as, you, you know, as you talked about in, in uh, parts of Italy as well, uh, where people are living and not only living, but thriving into their hundreds. And one of the key pieces of this, one of the nine elements was not just movement, but moving naturally. So motion infusion is really based on the same concept that it's not just about exercise, but it's about infusing motion into everything that you do and finding more natural ways to start to bring more movement into your, into your work life, into your home life and into everywhere in between. So the top three tips that I would recommend for any company that's trying to better promote the health and well-being of all of their employees. The first is just to find ways to infuse not only motion, but well-being into everything that the company does. So it kind of becomes business as usual. So business as usual at our company is that our teams have regular walking meetings, for example. Another key piece is to focus less on telling the individual to do something differently and to think more about what are we going to do as a company that's different and what can you as a team leader do with your team that's different to better promote health and well-being? And then a third tip that I would recommend is to really start to reframe wellness as more like what is your version of me at my best or what gives you energy? And if we start to reframe wellness, less is about health and more about those things that help us to become our best selves, it actually becomes much more inspiring for people. Uh, Laura, what about you personally? What gives you the, the energy? Because you are very energetic and you look very healthy. And I guess that you are uh, gymnastic and you told me, Olga, yes, I'm a gymnastic. And I can see that. What is your personal source of inner power? Well, it's certainly movement. I mean, I love Martha Graham, who a well-known choreographer. She once said, if I could say it, I wouldn't have to dance it. So it's like movement is much more than just health. It's about self-expression. So I would say that movement is something that really provides self-expression for me. It used to be gymnastics. It was dance. Now it's primarily yoga. Uh, it's a form of self-expression. But I would also say another thing that really brings me so much joy is social connections, staying close with my family and my friends and my community. Those are the things that really give me joy in my life and helps me to be my best self.
Do you think, Laura, that there are countries that are in general more active? Like we know people in Cuba, they are born with the Latin American rhythms and they're dancing lambada or Latin dance. And we know that also some, you know, martial arts and Tai Chi in uh, China. And, you know, there are a lot of uh, nations that are very active. If you look at some Chinese people, you will think that it's a teenager. But wow, this person is 72 years old. I remember once we were traveling in the airplane and I asked one girl, uh, are you allowed to travel already alone? Because I was thinking she's 16 or 14 or, and she told me, yes, of course I'm allowed because I'm 47. You know, so re really in these cultures, they look that young and uh, that, and do you think it depends also on the way, you, the place you are born in? Totally. I, I think you've just nailed it, Olga, that, that we have thought, we have framed up health and wellness as a personal endeavor, but really it comes down to culture by culture. So some of us are lucky enough to have been born into a culture in which health and well-being is just a way of life, where there's a lot more movement in everyday life, whether it's work or at home or in the community. And so the more we can think about helping to promote health and well-being across communities, across workplaces, across teams, across schools, uh, the better, as opposed to just giving advice to the individual. That is great. I was very happy to listen to you. I would like also to share with you that during lockdown, I was in Dubai and it wasn't allowed to go anywhere, anywhere. And I was going three times a day to the floor number 10. And uh, during the three times, it was already 30 floors. And, you know, you get used to that that much that you start thinking, okay, why not today? Why not 50 floors? And then maybe next day, 60 floors. I mean that we can do much more active things and it's easy. And in a way, it's enjoyable. So all of us, we can walk. Of course, if the person is not handicapped or there is, God forbid, something, then, of course, there should be some other ways how to do. But if not... Um, I think we can start doing it and actually it's fun. And I think that you're absolutely right. So the little things that we can do throughout the day, I think a lot of times when we think about getting active, it's like, oh, I have to train for a marathon. But no, it's really, okay, every time I'm given the choice between an elevator and a set of stairs, could I take the set of stairs instead of the elevator? Those small decisions made all the time can really make a difference. But for American person, you are, because normally we saw people who eat a lot of hamburgers, hamburgers, and who are very big, and actually it's very shocking, you know, for European people. Are you exceptional person? You consider yourself to be exceptional? Unfortunately, I think I am. And, but I, I just to share that this obesity epidemic that we are seeing here in the United States it's only in the in the past couple of decades it's happened very quickly and unfortunately also this is happening around the world so you go to places like india you go to places even like china and the obesity epidemic is um, th happening throughout the world so the middle east actually has some of the highest rates of obesity in the world now it's not just here in the united states anymore unfortunately so you think the movement and yoga and a lot of things can can at least decrease this thing, yeah? Movement is important, but actually when it comes to weight, uh, diet matters even more. And so what's happening in so many parts of the world, especially in places like Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, um, 
the UAE, two places that I've been before, is that there are lots of places that researchers call obesogenic environments. So your shopping malls where there are fast food restaurants everywhere, those are obesogenic environments. And so it's just much harder for people to be able to find healthy choices of places to eat. And it's much easier to find places that serve the hamburgers and the French fries. Yeah, it's, they are like making this. Are you now standing, Laura? You're not sitting, yes. you're standing. I'm you see standing. how you are not <laughs> only emotion infusion, you're not only talking about it, but you're giving a great example of the person who is not only talking, but really doing it. And this is Laura Putnam, who is making, who is strong, beautiful, young. Thank you so much for sharing your secrets. We are going Thank to you, follow. Olga. Thank you from Dubai. Pleasure to know you. Pleasure you to too. know you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Good luck.